there is this thing, you know, sometimes uh, people wonder how to lead one's life. Or sometimes they ask me um, that, what is, how do you know it's your inner calling? There are two things you see that happen in any spiritual being's life. We're all spiritual beings. When I say a spiritual being, what I really mean is there comes a moment when you feel, what am I doing with my life? And uh, a while back, I read this book called The Second Mountain. I don't remember the name of the author now, but you can Google him or go to Amazon and find out. This author contends that there are two mountains in one's life. In the first mountain or, or on the, in, while climbing the first mountain, we want to conquer that mountain. We want to reach the top of the summit and that could be getting a degree, getting education, reaching somewhere. We have ambition, we have desires, we have a certain um, this zeal in us that I want to get to the top of the mountain. Because somehow we've been taught repeatedly that when I reach that mountain, that's when I will feel at peace. That's when life will be meaningful. That's when things will look great. That's when I will be happy and so on. But in reality, that's often not the case. When we get past our ambition, when we achieve that particular promotion or that uh, funding for the business or that exit or, or a family or children, or a house or car and things or bank balance and more properties, there comes a moment when we realize that, okay, I'm now on top of the summit, but where to from here? And then there comes this thing of inner calling. And that calling is so strong that we are no longer nagged by our ambition. Instead, we want to surrender. We want a bigger thing to, to lead us to to draw us in into a grander existence. And I think anybody who is even any bit spiritual at some point of time in their life, they go through this. Until we are on the first mountain, it's the ego that's at work and it's the ambition that's at work. But the moment we are past the first um, mountain, the moment we are on the top of the first mountain and ask ourselves, what am I going to do now? We start to reflect on the second mountain. And that is the mountain of meaning. That is the mountain of fulfillment. You can call it calling. You can call it inner calling. You can call it your life's purpose. You can call it your life's only goal or the meaning of your life. But the fact remains that it is what really gives you lasting fulfillment. Because when we get onto the second mountain, it is no longer about my ego. It is about the greater cause or the calling that takes over one's life. In Leo Tolstoy's, um, you know, life, 
he lost his mother when he was uh, quite young when he was a young boy and if you have read works of tolstoy you would have discovered that he had that particularly when he claimed he had that uh, spiritual awakening he had that philosopher in him perhaps every writer does but it's very evident in the works of tolstoy so when his mother died she was uh, lying in the casket and here was tolstoy looking at her and i i've got this passage i would like to read out for you so when he got onto uh, he climbed up a chair to look into the casket to have one last look at his mother this is what he wrote somehow as i gazed an irrepressible incomprehensible power seemed to compel me for a time i lost all sense of existence and experienced a kind of vague blissfulness which though grand and sweet was also sad now here was tolstoy immersed in his sentiment kind of that oneness with the divinity with everything around him and right at that moment somebody walked in now tolstoy thought if this person sees the kind of bliss that's on my face right now he must think that i actually never loved my mother so tolstoy actually started crying and here's what he wrote this egotistic consciousness completely annulled any element of sincerity in my woe and sometimes not sometimes in fact often when we are on the first mountain we are forever worried what the world is thinking about me most of the things we are doing we are doing for ourselves but somewhere it's for the world somewhere it is to show to the world that i can do things or i am uh, not a good for nothing i can also have a job i can also have a family i can also build my assets and so on but when we move to the second mountain we still are working for the world but now it's from a different angle that sense of selflessness arises automatically and on the first mountain as this author wrote we want to conquer the mountain but the second mountain conquers us it takes us over and some in some ways it's a beautiful feeling when you are taken over by something magnanimous in your life when you no longer have to worry or think or be or be as you know enmeshed in i've done this now i'm going to do this now i've done this now i will do that when you move out of that circle you experience this deep sense of contentment in fact the first mountain gives us happiness the second one is about joy and joy is always a byproduct happiness may be a feeling but joy is in a way uh, not linked to any pleasure joy is a inner state of being not just something we we feel in our minds or through an external phenomenon or phenomena and this journey between the first and the second mountain this there's a little bridge 
more than half of, of good people, they spend their entire life thinking of that leap. That today or someday I'm going to make that jump. But then there are some who actually make it. Believe me, if you make that jump, you will never regret it. Because you will discover something more about you, something more beautiful about you. And that jump, that leap, that second mountain was my calling 10 years ago. It was a reason I decided that I was not going to do what I was doing back then and run a business and so on, that I wanted to really find my truth. I wanted to experience it firsthand. And it's an incredibly powerful, liberating feeling when you discover um, what or what you are made of and what is your life's purpose and what you are doing here. So when sometime you feel that you need a change in your life, tell you what, go for it. Because until you experience that change, you won't know what all beauty you are depriving yourself of. And if I could go back 10 years, I would still do what I did all over again. Because in very simple terms, it was absolutely worth it. Every single moment was worth it. Whether that was my time spent at Naga Baba's place, or in the Himalayas, or in self-reflection, or even coming back to the ashram and uh, doing my thing here, or helping people, or writing. There is a lot of hard work in my life, but there is practically no stress. And I think that's because I work hard, there is no stress. But you get the idea. There are no targets I have to meet. There are no real desires I have to fulfill. There are no crazy deadlines except this 6.15 p.m. live streaming deadline. Uh, just joking. So what I mean to say is, how would you lead your life if you could lead it the way you wanted? That's a question you've got to ask yourself. And when you ask that question, you have to then ask yourself, what is stopping me now? All the barriers that you see as barriers, are they really the barriers? Or are they simply um, stories we have told ourselves? Are they simply the hurdles we have put in our way, our mind has put in our way? What if you could take the decisions you wanted to take? How would you lead your life then? And what is stopping you from taking those decisions now? That's the question to be asked.